Hi, my name is Amber Aga. I'm a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner. And today's podcast, I wanted to look at the subject of self-care. It's something that comes up um, quite a bit in healing sessions, and especially in the core wound healing sessions that I've been focusing on in the last few years, really, and most intensively in the last few months. How it comes up is that sometimes we can find ourselves in relationships with others, whether that be romantically or friendships or even with family, and we feel as if we're not being honoured or not being respected in some way. And it can cause us a great deal of distress. Why do these people that we care for or this person that we care for not love us, not respect us, not honour our needs or our wishes or our desires? Why are our needs put at the bottom of some list? And we may find that this is a pattern that we consistently meet people who somehow don't seem to give much credence to how we may be feeling or whether this is emotionally or physically um, or even take time to understand how we may be feeling and honour that. And so what can happen is that we can have this kind of spiral, this and it's often a downward spiral where we feel like others don't understand us and we feel like this is a pattern that's that's happening again and again and, and so we distance ourselves from certain people and then we go off and we meet new people and we feel the pattern happens again so we distance ourselves from them and gradually our hearts become more and more wary of actually opening up to another individual, whoever they may be at whatever level. And we find that some of the love and the joy and the surrender and the excitement in life is just missing from our lives. Because now we fear to trust, we fear to open up, because we fear that our needs, that our desires, our wishes, our wants won't be respected or honoured in some way. And when we get to that place where, that, where our hearts feel as if they have shriveled up almost or closed down, we can feel as if nothing is flowing in our lives because we manifest the life that we wish for through our hearts. And that's not just the front of our hearts, that's the back of our hearts as well. If you think about the heart chakra, the higher heart, it's the, the front and the back, the front to give and the back to receive. And often pain, you know, a pain in the chest or a pain in the middle of the back is about that. How able do we feel to give love or to receive love? And if we feel that we're not being honoured in relationships, then we often can feel that we're not able to give love or that our love isn't valued or that we simply do not feel worthy of receiving love because we feel like we've never received it. And so the one thing that... One of the things that I will normally say if someone comes to me with a pattern like that is what is your relationship like with yourself? Because everyone that we meet is our teacher. Everyone that we meet is reflecting an aspect back to ourselves. And where we trip ourselves up and cause ourselves and others distress is where we try and fix and change others. We look at someone's behavior and we judge it and we dislike it or we feel hurt by it in some way. And we either try and fix it, change it, alter it, criticize it, whether we do that physically through actions, through words or just in our minds. Or we withdraw from that person we feel that we don't want to be around such behavior. And, and again, we've created a dismissal, we've created a barrier, we've created a sense of separation between us and another. When really what's happening is that what we are seeing is a reflection of our own wounds and a reflection of our own relationship with ourselves in this other person. Which is why you can have one individual and 
many people will view that one individual in different, lots of different ways. Someone may find them to be the most spiritual, beautiful, blessed, open-hearted being ever, and someone else may feel that they're the coldest, most selfish being they've ever encountered. That's because we view others through ourselves. And we view others very much in terms of how we view ourselves. So what we love about ourselves, we'll often love in others. Uh, what we appreciate about ourselves, we'll often appreciate in others. And we may not feel that sense of competition or envy because we appreciate something in ourselves. And so we don't feel that we have to compete with another. But what we don't like in us, what we judge in us, what we are ashamed of in us, what we have even yet to accept in us, um, will sometimes feel threatened by another. Or we may see that same trait in someone else, and knowingly or unknowingly, we now have quite a strong reaction towards another, often uh, not the most loving, because they've triggered a wound in us, or they're reflecting back at us something that we have yet to heal in us. Now that can either be by their actions, or it might show us that, that we have yet to come to a place of real self-love and real self-care. And that's what, for me, self-care is about. When we truly love ourselves, then we care for ourselves, and we put, we put us at the top of the list. And if we've done that, then we have no requirement for someone else to do that. And when we put ourselves at the top of the list, it means we walk into a space, we walk into a situation or a relationship, and we honour what we need and we celebrate who we are. So often envy and competition can be about the very fact that we have not celebrated who we are. We are waiting for someone else to celebrate who we are. They do not celebrate who we are. So we feel envious, we feel competitive, we feel sad, we feel um, rejected in some way. It is for us to celebrate who we are through a space of love. It is for us to say, my gift to the world is this. And when I walk into a space, this is the gift that I bring. But if we walk into a space and we are unsure that we even bring a gift into the space, then we will be looking at others, wishing that we had what they had and forgetting that we have something great within us also. So I just wanted to bring up some, um, some areas around self-care to think about. You know, there are no checklists and this isn't a top 10 but these are just things to think about because sometimes I can say to someone in a healing, have you thought about self-care? And they won't really know what that means. You know, sometimes we need to educate ourselves in this. How do I look after myself? And there's a real poignancy to that because if we weren't taught that in our childhoods, if that wasn't how we were treated in our childhoods, then genuinely we need to learn this skill again. How do I look after myself? What does it mean to look after oneself? Um, and when we get to a place where we can look after oneself, we're better able to then spread that love to others. Or we're better able to understand that sometimes giving and giving and giving, where people don't have boundaries and they give and give and give and feel depleted, is because they just simply haven't practiced the art of giving to oneself. And somehow they feel if they give to others, the others will give to them the thing that they're seeking, which could be comfort or soothing or love or affection but it isn't anyone's place in our lives to give us those things. We give them to ourselves. And then usually what happens is once we've given all that love and care and attention then to, our, to ourselves, then, then others respond accordingly and give us more of the same. That's kind of how it works. It's this, it's this strange law of the universe. The very thing that we're seeking will run away from us until we embody it and then it will come to us. So things off, on self-care just to think about, and it might be worth just 
just taking a few moments out of your day to really sit with how much do, do I bring my awareness into these aspects of self-care every day in my life. So the first thing I'm going to mention is just what you put into your body. Your body is a temple, and sometimes that phrase gets really abused or misused or mocked, but it is. It's, it, our body is a sacred space. It's, um, it's our temple, uh, externally and internally. So what we put into it is like is the same as what we would put into a temple space. Would we walk into a temple space with dirty shoes and and leave mud all over the place and and leave food rotting there and 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 not care and tend for it and clean it and beautify it and then go to it and want it to somehow feed us because it won't. It'll start to decay and rot. It won't be a place that we feel comfortable in. It won't be a sacred space. We'll forever want to run away from it. If we do that to our bodies, we'll forever want to run away from our bodies and who we are. And we'll be seeking that sacredness in others. And because we're seeking it in others, we won't be given that sacredness. They'll simply reflect to us the very fact that we disrespect our bodies. It will, ha- it will happen in, 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 in big ways or in, in quite subtle ways. So what you put into your temple then uh, is... Uh, represented by the food that we ingest. So how pure is the food that you eat? This isn't a question of money and it isn't a question of um, where do you shop and, and, and the ethics of eating meat or not eating meat. It truly is about knowing what suits your body. What helps your body be the best that it can be? Some people need to eat meat once a week. Well, I mean, for that, then, you know, obviously you make sure that you source good quality meat um, and and to be aware that everything that you put into your body has an energy to it. So if those animals have suffered, you're taking in the suffering of those animals. If those animals lived healthful lives and were treated with respect and dignity, okay, then you honour their sacrifice. Thank you for gifting me your life. And you ingest some of their lives as you, as you, as you eat them. You're taking in the energy of that animal. So it's something worth thinking about. Where has your food come from? How was your food processed, produced? Did it come straight from the ground or did it come straight from a, a factory? Is it natural or is it full of chemicals? When you eat it, does it make you feel better or do you have a temporary high and then a very prolonged low? Do you like how the food that you eat makes your body feel and look? Because if you do not, then it's not serving you. What you put into your body in terms of liquids as well, uh, the waters, the juices that you drink, if you do drink alcohol, does it suit your body? Does it, does it replenish your body? This isn't to say, do drink alcohol, don't drink alcohol. This is to say, what is your relationship like with the very things that you put into your body? The chemicals that you may choose to ingest or not. This is also about what you put into your body in terms of thoughts and emotions, which can sometimes be the most corrosive. You know, we can live these very... Uh, these very sacred lives in a sense you know we we don't eat meat we only eat organic vegetables we drink filtered water uh we don't drink we don't smoke uh, you know we live these, these cleansed lives and yet the very thoughts and the emotions that we put in our bodies are toxic whether they be fear or anger or hatred or resentment or jealousy or sadness or depression or lack of self-love so it's about bringing a mindfulness into the mind and into the heart what emotions are you constantly feeling every day? And if there are they emotions that serve you? 
because if they do not serve you, it is time to change the emotions that you feed yourself with. What thoughts go around your mind every single day? Do they serve you? Because if they do not serve you, it is time to change the thoughts that go around your mind every day. And if possible, be in a place where there are no thoughts, where there is just stillness, which is why meditation can be such a great tool. In terms of meditation, there are many different ways we can meditate. It doesn't have to be sitting in silence, sitting rigid, focusing on one's breath. You can be out in nature, walking the land, listening to the wind in the trees, feeling the sun on you or the rain on you, listening to birdsong. Meditation can be doing the washing up. Meditation can be having a bath or a shower. It can be creating something, painting, knitting, sewing, building. Meditation happens in many different ways. It's about what our state of mind is like and our state of heart is like. Sometimes we can be sitting in the most incredible upright position, uh, surrounded by um, singing bowls and chimes and gongs and all the stuff that we need for meditation, but our mind is thinking about what happened last night and what we're going to have for dinner. That's not meditation. That's not serving us. Sometimes we could be doing the washing up. And our minds could be completely still. And that's being in a state of mindfulness and meditation, in a meditative state. Taking care of our bodies then so is about what we put in, thoughts, emotions, food, liquids. It's also about how well we take care of this physical vehicle that we're in. How much do we honour it? So often I hear from people, they don't like their bodies, they don't like the way they look, and if they could change something they would. The thing is, this is our vehicle, and on some level we chose this vehicle to incarnate into because it would serve us on some level, either through learning a lesson or, or in some other way. If we're constantly finding fault in our bodies, and I mean this for those of us that are fortunate enough to have everything in full working order. We can move, we can walk, we can dance, we can run, we can see, we can hear, we can speak. We are very, you know, those of us that are very blessed to have those gifts in our life and yet still find faults with our vehicle, we're really missing the true blessings that we have been given, that we came back, we came to this, this, this realm with a body that fully works, that gets us from A to B to Z, with a body, body that, is, that, is, that is functioning, that hasn't, uh, that hasn't been disabled in some way. Not to say that being disabled in some way is is being less in one's power or, or less important, but it's to say how incredibly blessed we are to have this vehicle that works, that serves us, that takes us to the shops and takes us to the cinema and take, puts us in the shower and lets us run and dance and all these incredible things we can do and yet we still find fault in it. What I say about that is, if you can fix it, fix it. If it's a question of doing, you know, 15 minutes of 20 minutes, half an hour of exercise every day, and that will help you feel more more uh, empowered about your body, then do it. If you need to go to um, a dermatologist or a skin clinic, or you need to go to the hairdressers, or you need to get your nails done, or whatever it is that you need to do to feel good about your body, do it within reason. As long as we don't feel that as that if we have everything on the outside looking in inverted commas perfect, we shall be perfect as long as we have an element of knowing I am just getting to be as comfortable as I can in my physical body, then that is a helpful thing to do. But it's also about how well we honour our body. So do we get enough sleep? Do we take enough rest? 
Do we tend to ourselves when we're injured? Do we go for treatments when we need them, massages or uh, acupuncture or an osteopath or you know whatever treatment you might need at a time? Or do we allow our body to decay and slowly dwindle and get less and less empowered, somehow feeling it's not worth it and therefore we are not worth it? And therefore we are dishonouring the vehicle that we have come into and we cannot be in our power if we do not honour the vehicle that we have come into. So it's important to think how well you nourish your body from the outside as well. Moisturising, washing, taking care. How do you touch your body? Is it with love or is it with uh, no thought at all? Are you rough with your body? If you do cut yourself or hurt yourself in some way, do you do you tend to that or do you just hope it would go away and see it as an inconvenience? Because then you're seeing yourself as an inconvenience. This is our vehicle. If we never tended to our cars, for example, left them out in the cold to rust and uh, didn't close the windows properly so the rain came in, uh, if the windscreen cracked, we didn't bother to fix it, what kind of a car would we be driving around in? It would barely serve us. And we'd get more and more frustrated at this car and we'd say, oh, this car's no good, I wish I could get a different car, I wish it was a different colour, I wish it was bigger or smaller or whatever. It's not the car's fault, it's the fault that we're not... It's, it's, it's down to us that we're not making the best of what we have. And that's what this is about, making the best of what we have. Involved in all that and that self-care is looking at our relationships in our lives and, um, and how these relationships may serve us. Do they empower us? Do they feed us? Do they nurture us? Do we get everything that we need out of these relationships? That's friendships, that's work, that's romantic relationships, that's family that doesn't mean that we cut ourselves off from people, but it's important to know where do we go to for nourishment? We go to ourselves, we go to spirit, we go to the land, yes. But do you have people in your life that hold a space for you every now and then that you can turn to for advice or laughter? That you can turn to? If you look around you and you find that in your circle of friends there is no one that you can do that with or your circle of relationships, it's time to reassess the kind of people you have chosen to surround yourself with and then to set an intention that you wish to bring into your life those who truly nurture, respect, honour, love, whatever it is that you need, you. And ask for that, set that as an intention. There are millions of people out there. We all have the ability, we all have the potential to meet those that shall truly honour us and love us and respect us. It's just what is it that we go running after? So often I see and have witnessed in myself and in others running after those people that cannot give us the things that we're searching for. One, because those things lie in us and we must find that ourselves. But also because we're going to someone who simply does not have the capability to give us what it is that we want sometimes. So why keep knocking on that door, banging on that door and criticising that person? Why not accept what they have offered us as the best that they can do? And if it is a specific way of relating that we are looking for, then we shall have to keep looking until we find that. But we need to know what is that specific way of relating that we are looking for. And are we giving that to ourselves in the first place? Because if we're not, how on earth are we going to find that in someone else? if we cannot even create that in who we are. And part of that then is to do with our spiritual health. What is our relationship like with, with, with spirituality? What is our spirituality? How do we feed ourselves spiritually? How do we nurture ourselves? 
Do we have a spiritual belief that feeds us and nurtures us, or do we believe that we we exist in in a in a realm of abandonment, that there is nothing out there? And if that works for you and that feeds you, then great. But I I often see that it doesn't really feed people. It leaves them feeling quite angry at the world or feeling as if everyone's out for themselves. When I think we a lot of us know that that there is a huge capacity for love and community in human beings. It's our natural state in many ways. So ask yourself, does my, do, I, do my spiritual beliefs feed me? Do they nurture me? Maybe it's time to give them a spring clean. Maybe it's time to have a reassessment. Nothing is set in stone. This is about balance in our lives, and it's worth, worth, worth asking, do I have balance in my life between... Uh, all areas, you know, the, my, my physical body, my spiritual self, my mental body, my, my heart, between work, between play. How much balance is there in my life? Or am I just focused on one area or maybe two and everything else is out of sync? In which case, what changes can, can one bring to bring balance into one's life, even if it's just one change that you make every day, once a week? Part of that is how much laughter is there in our lives, how much fun how much play, how much abandon, how much of the child in you gets a chance to be. Even for half an hour a day, do you dance as if no one's watching? Do you sing? Do you paint? Do you create? Do you laugh? Do you do, you do silly things that, that help you feel young and free and light? Or is everything uh, quite serious with you? Or the opposite, is everything a joke? And there is no time for seriousness, for focus. You know, it's about balance. So th- these these things like dance and music and creativity, they allow us to explore other parts of ourselves. It's worth asking as well, uh, tied in with body image, which I mentioned before, you know, how we honour our vehicle. What's your self-talk like? How do you speak to yourself? When you wake up in the morning and look in the mirror, what's the first thing you say to yourself? So often I hear... From clients, they wake up in the morning, they look in the mirror, and they feel angry at what they see. They can't bear to look at what they see. They they barely just look at their eyes, maybe, or their hair, because those are the qualities that they like in themselves. And then they run away, don't want to look at anything else. Really look at yourself in the mirror. Really have that relationship with yourself. Look into your eyes, look at your skin, look at your body. Take it in and send love. Acceptance. And and be mindful of what thoughts go around. So often we have these negative thoughts. And by negative I mean they don't serve us. Because a thought is a thought. It's neither positive or negative. It is a thought. But does it serve us? Because if it doesn't serve us, then yeah, it is a bit of a negative. So what are your thoughts like? What's your self-talk? Do you reprimand yourself? Are you hard on yourself? Do you judge yourself? Or do you give yourself a break? Are you kind to yourself? Are you compassionate? Part of this is knowing what your priorities are in life. You know, what is it that's on the top of your list? If there was a list of priorities that that um, that you have in your mind, what's on the top of that list? Is it family? Is it friends? Is it work? Is it your boss? Who is it? What is it? What's there on the top of the list? Or is it you? Because really, you are your number one priority. And until we put ourselves first, we cannot expect others to do that for us. I say this often about this wonderful writer, Joshua Stone, who 
talks about intimate relationships in our lives and that the three most important relationships are, are, are those with ourself, with spirit and with another in that order. Because until we are in right relationship with ourselves, we cannot be in right relationship with another or with spirit. And that's very true and I've witnessed that in my own journey. And the only thing that keeps me separated and has kept me separated from others is the way I view myself which is then reflected back at me, or I project onto others. This is the only thing that will keep us separated from love, from unity, from community, from being loved, is how we view ourselves. And it will directly then impact on the choices that we make. If we are at the top of a list and we say, yes, I'm important and I'm worthy of love, I'm worthy of healing, I'm worthy of respect, I'm worthy of care, then we will make the choices that honour that. If we feel that we're not worthy of those things, we will make the corresponding choices and therefore those choices can be very hurtful and damaging in some way and can lead to, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, that hardening or that shriveling of the heart as if life has just let us down. So self-care is about being an active participant in life. And this was a little bit like a quick checklist, but this is some, simply to put a few seeds of, of, um, of the new out there, just to plant some seeds of, of the new, some seeds to, to ponder on. What is my relationship like with myself? And then to start to find ways to deepen that relationship and, and, uh, and, and, and honour it with love. But self-care is something that is a lifelong journey, so um, so I hope this, this may have provided some inspiration to pursue that lifelong journey. There's some more information on the website about, um, about self-care and also uh, self-love and, and the healing the wounds of judgment and betrayal um, in the podcast section. And the website address is www sacredspacehealing.org that's www.sacredspacehealing.org or one word uh, there's, there's also a YouTube channel which has a lot of podcasts and meditations that you can listen to for free so I hope this has been of some use of some inspiration of some excitement in coming into a space of greater self-love self-care, self-knowing, self-honouring uh, because we are all the reflection of the divine. We are all the reflection of the divine. And so until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.